0: Hi everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of Party Chat where we talk about gaming and all its uh, all its many forms. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jay from the uh, Lone Star College Tomball Community Library and with me is I am Lloyd, also from the Tomball Community Library. Uh, and thanks for joining us again
1: today, guys. Uh, this is our second episode. So, Jay, what do we got
0: on the docket? What are we what are, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to be talking about the uh, very large topic of RPGs, role-playing games. Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big one. There's a lot to cover, and uh, we are going to be covering 100% of all of the aspects of RPGs. Oh, wait, no, we're not. We're going to be just hitting some some of the basics of RPGs. Uh, I know... I really love playing RPGs, just as a genre, and I know Lloyd, you you as well. That's one of your favorites. I yes. think, right. It's it's my bread and butter, if you will. Yeah. So to start off, we're going to be kind of talking about a little bit of the history of RPGs, all the way back uh, to you know text based pen and paper, you know tabletop RPGs, all the way to the present. Um, which I think Lloyd is, is really more knowledgeable about it than I am, so he's going to kind of kick us off with <laughs> some a history lesson here.
1: Well, um, I I do. I do know that I play a lot of RPGs, but I wouldn't call myself a historian on it. any sense of You're talking to a guy who just knows how to Google decently. Um, but yeah, in, in regards to, to RPGs, uh, I mean, if you think back, we've been telling stories to each other for a long time, and that's a lot of what RPGs is. You set yourself in a role, which is the base of what RPG stands for, right? It's role-playing game. Uh, and uh, what we think of today uh,
0: with RPGs is often like what comes to your mind western rpgs well i mean yeah if you want to sort of draw the distinction between the two big sort of pillars of rpg you've got the western western style and then of course the jrpg which have a little it's you know they're different flavors of the same kind of thing but when i think about rpgs i think about basically an overarching story that you get to participate in the telling of so right. you're not just playing you know a platform or, or a shooter that has you know very little story with the rpg the story is really front and center with um with what you're doing right
1: and and you have like you said the, the ability to interact with a lot of that that world and the story that you're working with in some way the, the, the role playing puts you in that's that that world and lets you run rampant really mm-hmm. i mean there's a variety there's a variety of things out there but we've been doing this for a long time so uh, role-playing is often uh, at least for me it came through stories right we tell stories to friends we maybe have make-believe fights or something as kids like that's role-playing in its basic sense you're putting yourself in some form of role and you're playing around with hopefully some sort of set structure that's where the game aspect comes in you come in with some rule set or something so maybe it's cops and robbers uh, the cops are the good guys the robbers are the bad guys you know something like that that's still a role-playing game but a lot of what we're uh, playing today are a lot more defined. These are like, oh, like crazy fantasy adventures or sci-fi epics or something you know super fun. Um, but it all started with a lot of storytelling, and that stems uh, from the Dungeons and Dragons era, right? So like, you had pen and paper role playing. All your stats and stuff were kept on paper. You made dice rolls. Uh, you and a um, dungeon master, in the case of Dungeons and Dragons created a world and played throughout it, right? So, like, they were the sort of uh, the guide on your story. They'd set you up with things. They'd, you know, have adventures for you to go on. But your interaction with that world was you playing a role, whether that be a good guy, a bad guy, whatever it may be.
0: But that was one of the big things about Dungeons & Dragons is that, in, well, in all role-playing games, the distinction between the role-playing game and just storytelling is that when you're, the game aspect of it introduces a rules right there's right. a structure to the storytelling because otherwise it's just telling stories but True. to have a rule set and and things that determine right in in the case of tabletop or Dungeons and Dragons dice rolls determining some of the outcome of the story in addition to your own decisions is kind of that that interesting mix of player choice randomization the stat aspect of it it's it's kind yeah. of a big mixing bowl of
1: things to produce something new and like with those that was that was like the big the big jump in point like there's also a lot of contention with that back in the day which maybe we can do something mm-hmm. on that the, the what was it satanic panic I believe is yeah the, yeah some the, of the term. some of the
0: hysteria around um, role-playing games. right yeah
1: so um, that was that was you know where a lot of it started and then it moved on from there to the computer age so when we started to work with computers, we had things like wireframe models and you know, um, really, really old systems that were mostly text-based. Mm. And this is where you saw the pop-up of text-based RPGs. It's a similar uh, set. That there's a rule set that, in the case of text-based, maybe it's not quite defined. You you can type in commands and try and interact with things within the world. But at least in the terms of like early wireframe stuff, it, it was emulating that Dungeons & Dragons feel. So you had uh, a few really good, like, These emulations of great storybooks like Tolkien's Worlds, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons aspect, uh, you know, Western was another big one too, like people bringing Westerns and and even some sci-fi. So like these games allowed you to take on a role and interact with the world that's being provided uh, to you through the video game itself. And then bring that forward to today, we've just kept evolving on it. And now you have these great big things like Witcher 3 and... um, Another CD Projekt Red title coming up, Cyberpunk twenty seven. Mm-hmm. These, these massively uh, popular RPG stories that are uh, sort of taking a lot of the gaming community by storm. I wouldn't say the world. We're still not quite there. Mm-hmm. But with a lot of people gaming today, these things have started to reach the mass audience. Like, I was seeing advertisements all across the side of a bus for a few games that are coming out later in the year. I'm just sitting here going, my goodness... I never thought it, uh, a niche hobby like this would grow to be so crazy popular.
0: Well, when you have an industry that rivals you know, the film industry as far as revenue and, and things like that, then yeah, you're gonna start seeing you know, movie-style promotions of mm-hmm. video games, which is strange. Even now, it's kind of strange to see sometimes. I remember, speaking of RPGs, one of the first times that I ever sort of recognized the, the enormity of the medium was back in uh, the 90s with Final Fantasy VII you know you would see trailers on tv that looked like you know the next summer blockbuster trailer but it's for a playstation game how weird is that yeah um, and i think part of it was because of the story aspect the fact that it was an rpg you weren't you know you're not going to get a cinematic trailer maybe you are now but at least in the 90s you weren't going to get a movie style cinematic trailer for the next mario game right as, yeah. as great as the mario games were the, the fact that the file, and you know, we'll talk a little bit more about Final Fantasy, I'm sure. But the fact that an RPG would have enough sort of substance in and of itself to warrant a big trailer like that was really telling. Yeah. The the thing that you you mentioned too is like Final Fantasy being like this introduction for you.
1: That's one of the apparently it's one of the best ones to come into. Mm-hmm. Uh, full disclosure: I have not finished Final Fantasy Seven. I know there will oh, be hatred. Okay. the episode is <laughs> over, folks. Episode is okay. over. Okay. I'm sorry, I've <laughs> angered too many people with that comment, but I have tried to go through it. I'm actually waiting for uh, the new remake to take mm. on the story elements sure. because I'm sorry, but going through the old battle system, I cannot abide that weird timer waiting for an action thing. I just, I like turn based. You give me a turn, I can go, that's it. And the ability to really quickly go through it with like mashing A so I can, you know, I know my attacks, I know which things I'm going to use, I can real quick go through it. It's perfect. Final Fantasy, I feel like I'm trying to race the clock to set up my next move before the timer goes and the enemy attacks me. I'm like,
0: no! But, well, that's, it's an interesting point, though, because, you know, role-playing game, really the the central feature of role-playing games is the story, like we yeah. said. But there's sort of a parallel track is that you also have these really intricate mechanical systems behind them. So, you know, one of the things that I love about RPGs, and, and, and we'll, you know, talk about sort of the... Um, the intricacies of the ones we played and some of the, the thing you know the games that we really love but one of the things that i really love about rpgs is that there's sort of a parallel progression built in so you already you have this story progression right where you're working through the story you're trying to save the kingdom or stop the empire or save the world or whatever the story is and while you're progressing on that you also have this mechanical progression where you're leveling up your character and you're learning more spells and you're getting stronger and you're getting the rare item and you're looting the thing and so it sort of hits you on both fronts where you can enjoy the story but you can also get that fun gameplay sort of progression that really uh, is satisfying when you're playing a game. Yeah
1: seeing character growth and progression not only in the story but also mechanically uh, in the game in the game's uh, rule limitations is really awesome. I just love watching numbers go up and I think that's a a big thing that people
0: (laughs) To watch yeah. the numbers go yeah. up, yeah, Do you watch the numbers. I mean, we've been doing it since forever with games. There's you a know? there's a blunt simplicity to enjoying exactly. that kind of thing. So, Lloyd, let me ask you this though. So, you know, I mentioned Final Fantasy VII, and I should say, Final Fantasy VII was my first RPG mm-hmm. that I ever played. I, you know, I was we were talking about it earlier, and I think I didn't even really quite get the concept of an RPG until I had played that. It really, it really was a new genre in the most in the most simple sense. I had never seen anything like this before. What was your first RPG, if you remember? My first, I think I
1: mentioned this in the last uh, the, the, the last episode that we did, our first episode, was um, my first introduction to RPGs was actually a Pokemon mm. game. It was read uh, on the Game Boy. And I didn't know what an RPG was really. I didn't really play them at that time. I was still, uh, I had a Sega and I was playing like your side scrolling, you know, adventure style things. And I didn't really understand too much about it, and it wasn't until I started to dig into the mechanics of that game and go, Oh, that's what this number means. Oh, this is why I'm losing, because I'm using a different... Like, starting to find out battle mechanics really got me into it, and it triggered something in my mind. And while that may have been my first RPG, my favorite one ended up becoming a game, once again on the Game Boy, it was this time the Advanced, it was a little bit later. It's a game series called Golden Sun, and uh, it's a really, really good sort of fantasy RPG. It hits all the elements that you see in a lot of your fantasy tropes. You got a, a type of magic, uh, you got a grand hero's quest, uh, you got a party of characters, and you got really cool summons, just like in Final Fantasy VII. Now, granted, this didn't have the same cinematic element, because that was like one thing with Seven that everyone really, really was going crazy over at the time that I knew. of. I talked to a few people who played it uh, when it was really popular, and they are saying, these things are so awesome. You gotta watch like they they play all these hours, get to a cutscene, and be like, "Oh, it was epic!" You know, like it was amazing. So I didn't have quite the same. It was pixel art, um, but the, digging in the mechanics and exploring that world, and it was such a massive world for a cartridge game. I don't know. I still I still go back and play it to this day. I long for um, either a re release or a continuation. But uh, after the the very last game in the series, I, I think it might be dead. Nintendo is not going to try sad. and bring yeah.
0: back. Yeah, that's one of those. Sometimes you really get into a series, and, and it and it just gets abandoned, and that happens a lot, which is unfortunate. Um, some yes. series go on way longer than they should, and some get squashed prematurely, which yeah. is sad. But um, yeah, so so for me, you know, Final Fantasy VII was really my first RPG. Um, and it was funny too we were talking earlier and and when we first started playing it my uh, i have a younger brother and we were playing it together and we were so unfamiliar with the genre that we approached it in about as bad a way as you could with playing it so the short version of this is what would happen is my brother would get home from school and he would play final fantasy 7 for a couple of hours and he would get through the story and he would get loot and all the stuff that you would expect from playing a few hours of an RPG. And then I would get home from my football practice and pick up where he left off on the same save file <laughs> without any understanding of what had happened before or how he had got there. And we would sort of leapfrog the game in a way, uh, which of course, if you're familiar with RPGs, that's probably a, the exact wrong way to do it. <laughs> it was only later that we it had sort of occurred to us that we could play concurrently with different right. save files to understand and experience the whole story um so we sort of stumbled in stumbled into the into the rpg world but but we uh, my brother and i you know we we fell in love with it um all of the sort of progression like you said it just kind of hits you right between the eyes as far as what you enjoy about gaming yeah and it was only sort of later on that i was able to go back and replay some of the older rpgs that that really kind of came before and set the stage for some of these, you know, later generation ones. As far as my favorites, um, you know, Final Fantasy VII always kind of has a special place in my heart. I think, ultimately, though, uh, my favorite would be probably be Chrono Trigger, which, you know, yeah. is, is one of those sort of watershed games in, in uh, RPGs. It doesn't, it's not one of the best. It's not one of the most innovative. It kind of took a lot of mechanics from other series and just sort of copied them and sort Mm. of cobbled them together but something about it just really just really the simplicity of it and it had all the it it was simple in the right areas and it was complicated in the right areas it it had a great mix of the two and i really liked that i recently started to play that one i say
1: recently i mean in terms of my life it's probably two years ago or so when i started it up and uh, it was me and a few other of my friends who were actually doing something similar. We were going back through RPGs because I, I missed a lot of them as well growing up, all the ones that people talk about. Um, and there was a crazy uh, uh, thing that actually one of my friends put it down um, at the fair. You know how you start
0: off the game at the fair? He was yeah, like, couldn't right. get
1: past it. Couldn't get past the fair. You didn't wow. know what to do. That's not very
0: far into it's, the game. It's not if, very. If you haven't played Chrono Trigger, let me just say that is almost immediately when you start the game, you're at the fair. So, exactly. so that's not very far. <laughs> but I think it has something to do
1: with the way that you know games have changed in terms of how they start you off. Now, a lot of times, things like these that you didn't you didn't have as many tutorials, mm-hmm. right? You had to figure things out on your own in a lot of cases. Now, granted. There would, there would usually be some form of information for you. It might be in the, the manual and the, and the packaging, right? You go through and you read the, the game guide or whatever inside the box, and you find out a few things. That's that's how I learned a little bit, and you even had a section for notes on stuff. But it, it wasn't fed to you in the same way, and mm-hmm. I see that a lot today. Like, RPGs will like have a 20 to 30 minute hand-holdy sort of,
0: here's how to play the game, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, I know movement. It's mm-hmm. pretty basic. Yeah, and some games do kind of reject that, though. I mean, what comes to mind for me is is the, the Shin Megami Tensei series, mm-hmm. which, you know, in some ways is a very traditional RPG, right? It's turn-based, there's stats and elements and all that kind of stuff. It's got kind of an interesting sort of Pokemon-esque vibe to it as far as collecting like, demons. demons and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But, but to your point about the tutorial, you know, the Shin Megami Tensei series, it's very old school in its approach to difficulty. And if you, you know, especially I'm thinking of the third entry in the series is brutally hard at places. And if it's game over, it's, you know, wah, wah, yeah. welcome to the start menu, right? There's yeah. no there's no quick save or anything like that. So even modern RPGs can sometimes really kind of harken back to the older levels of challenge and difficulty it, it totally depends on the
1: developer it just it feels like a lot of the western and i guess that maybe is another thing with like western and eastern mm-hmm. style you yeah, know the jrpgs there's a lot of contention with that like you know what each one has but i feel like uh i feel like there's a lot of things where um the exploration is it comes through more of you exploring the world in today's games you you're given this massive map usually to go run around and Whereas that one, it's sort of structured. You do have a place that you can explore, but, you know, it
0: still feels a little guided there. But that is something to mention, too, is that, you know, RPGs, you know, we talked in the first episode about how what makes gaming so great is that there's something for everybody, Mm -hmm. whatever your preference. And RPGs is a little sort of microcosm of that. So you have things like JRPGs which are more a little bit more on rails where you're sort of you're in you're playing a role but you're directing a very specific story mm-hmm. but you also have things like western RPGs where which is which is much more open it, it, typically yeah. Uh, yeah you know you're playing you're not so much playing a character as you are creating the character in the world itself right. and that's and again you know personal preference some people are super into the the more structured story kind of Mm-hmm. games and some people are really more into the open yeah you know the Elder Scrolls type you know do your own thing kind of RPGs exactly and
1: for me it's a it's a mix-up I'll, I'll do either or just depending on my mood yeah, it's things I enjoy about that but yeah the I, I find it I find it interesting that we're also having this renaissance of a like we're trying to go back to a lot of our old games the things have been coming up through remakes you had, you had mentioned uh, was it
0: Bloodstained Yeah, Bloodstain, which was sort of a spiritual successor to the old Castlevania games, right?
1: So So it's like these. There's still a want for these things out there. It just depends on who's willing to develop it. And uh, at least with a lot of AAA, it feels like you know they're a little bit hamstrung by uh, shareholders and stuff for whoever's providing it. But there's also a lot of really good RPGs that come out of the the indie market. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, what's what was that big one? Oh my god, I'm forgetting its name. Uh, Undertale. Undertale was the name of it. Yes. That was another way that was mother-esque essentially yeah yeah. It was similar yeah and you know there's there's so many of these like crazy awesome things that come out of people with almost no budgets or they're just doing this as a fun thing because mm-hmm. it's what they enjoyed as a kid and it just takes off it's a resurgence and so many people enjoy it and then you start to see that come back out and you know
0: your triple a titles and stuff too i think that's it. been sort of the biggest legacy of rpgs i mean obviously legacy might be the wrong word because they're still making RPGs just like they always were but i think the the emphasis on storytelling really has trickled into all games right so you have you have games like god of war which are very oh, yeah. clearly not RPGs in the in the sense of an RPG game but the story is central to it right mm-hmm. you're playing a character and there's an overarching narrative with this big epic set pieces and twists and turns and you know so I think that's one of the, the things I love about RPGs is the effect that it's had on the gaming in general where, you know, games now, you know, feel like they have to say something and they have to they have to have a story and they have to have some kind of narrative. I mean, not all games, but, but yeah. you know, that, that sort of thing has now become expected even in the most action-y type of games, um, which I think is a benefit. Yes, absolutely. I'm
1: I'm one who there's got to be a good world and there has to be a decent plot. So if, if those are at least presented to me, you know, I'll play an action game. It just it's got to be something that draws me, and those are things that really draw me. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that continues uh, forward, and and we get a lot of good writing. There's a lot of things uh, that people can experiment with games. You know, there're a lot of different things that we can tap into, and giving others a chance to write their narratives and see those out there is is a great way it's almost like writing books you know like mm-hmm. there's there's a variety of different stories to tell find find something that works for you but letting people tell those stories is amazing uh, which is I guess something that just mentioned like uh, the, the backlash with a lot of people in stories today it's like ooh it can be a little weird
0: but yeah. yeah people can get really spicy about the kind of stories that are in games yeah. but um, you know RPGs have been RPGs have really been at the forefront about telling interesting stuff um or interesting stories and with interesting characters and really, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of flexibility within the genre of RPGs to really go in a lot of different directions. You know, you think about think about the difference between a game like Earthbound, which is like it's I think I heard it described once as a mixture between. H.P. Lovecraft and uh, Saturday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. or something like that. You I know, think that fits. Yeah. Yeah, it's a such a it's a great game, but it's very strange. But compare that to something like uh, the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. Both RPGs, both sort of uh, in what you would call RPG, but so vastly different that um, yeah, it really shows the spectrum that you can that you can go with. I guess it's a this is
1: something else that we could just mention real quick. It's like the, the way that uh, people see certain types of RPGs, a lot of them they have to have a strict set of guidelines for like what they see an RPG as. Like you know you gotta have stat blocks, you gotta have turn-based or whatever. You know like it's not just a story that makes it for them because this this is something that I've I've heard is like okay an RPG is a role-playing game, right? Well, every game usually has you inhabit some role, even if you're just pushing the buttons to make the character do something, you're still inhabiting that role. So like. Action RPGs are those Mm. are those more RPG than say your Final Fantasies or is that even less of an RPG as like your old like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that you know like it's a it's a weird thing to think about and it starts to get into the genre subdivision where you're like okay well it's almost gatekeeping yeah
0: I mean I guess to use an RPG term I mean it really is in the eye of the beholder right as far as what you consider um, you know you can. I think like with any genre, especially with video games, you can really get into the weeds with what you consider I just you know, know this that or that or this has a lot of contention with at least <laughs> sure. with the,
1: the groups I've talked to online, which is, you know, Having a discussion on the internet is already a dangerous thing. So you know
0: we're we're definitely putting ourselves out there on the internet. So any of you listeners at home, please feel free to let us know uh, exactly how we're being uh, completely ignorant about this topic. Uh, And we will definitely we will definitely read all of these comments. Right, Lloyd? Yes. Yes. We will.
1: We may not respond to them because (laughs) legal says we can't say those things. But (laughs) (laughs) but yes, we'll Um, definitely read them.
0: So Lloyd, let me ask you this now obviously there's always the next big thing on the horizon what is the next big rpg that you're looking forward to really sinking your teeth into you you talked about it earlier is the cyber 27 yeah right right
1: it's coming out uh which it was delayed uh recently but hopefully the new date sticks so we'll see by the time this comes out maybe it's been delayed again you know it's like oh boy they said it was december but now it's not we'll see what happens but that's that's my big one and it's because I enjoy the futuristic setting, sci-fi has always mm-hmm. been a big one for me. Uh, that's why I was drawn to Mass Effect so much, mm-hmm. and and things like Star Wars and you know all this stuff. But cyberpunk itself is, it's been a hard genre to, to tap into. People have sort of backed away from it. From I remember reading Neuromancer and Snow Crash and stuff like that, and going, oh wow, this is awesome. Playing Shadowrun. Um, the the tabletop as well as the, the video games and, you know this is, this is something I love exploring that dystopian setting with with heavy elements of like future tech. and it's just like this awesome cityscape for me that I want to go play around. And so having cyberpunk come out and seeing the things they're doing with me, it makes me just go, this is everything i love <laughs> this is, these are the these are things it hits
0: everything that you look for in a game right. basically yeah yeah like the dopamine or whatever is going off <laughs> it's like play that game it's going to be great right right yeah i mean for me i don't know that you know there hasn't been there hasn't been any sort of definitive anything but i always sort of look forward to the next elder scrolls you oh, yeah. know the bethesda style rpgs um um i've been a little bit you know oblivion you know elder Scrolls 4 was really sort of the as far as I'm concerned one of the high points of of um
1: in terms of gameplay, not character design, right? No, I mean, it's got some issues. Like, let me be. Let me be 100
0: clear. That game has some issues, but as far as as far as just fun factor goes, if you yeah. want to call it that, it's really my one of my favorites as far as RPGs go. Skyrim, you know, had again really really fun. Had some issues, but overall, I, I love the design of those worlds. I love some of the uh, the mechanics and the, the mythology behind it, and some of that stuff. So. You know, whenever whenever they get around to announcing um, Elder Scrolls Six, I'll be right there. You know, hopefully it'll be good. But yeah. <laughs> that's the one that I I sort of always have my ear to the ground about. I mean, um, you're not
1: enjoying Blades
0: on your mobile device? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just I'll just leave that there yeah and, uh, leave that there. But you know, there's it's it's interesting too because while I'm waiting for the next Elder Scrolls, you know, several other developers have really taken up the mantle of that style of rpg i think obsidian recently had um, the outer worlds which yeah. was a fallout it was more fallout than elder scrolls but it definitely had that sort of um we're really gonna we're really gonna focus on the role playing aspect of it rather than the just shoot things and level up aspect of it which was really cool to see yeah um so uh, hope you know hopefully elder scrolls will be you know kind of you know we're entering a new era with the PlayStation Five, so that might uh, that might be on the horizon, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to try out um,
1: Outer Worlds at some point on mm-hmm. PC. Uh, I just don't know when I will because
0: I've got enough things on my plate already <laughs> with Hades and Yeah, that, that's look forward to that episode, folks. When we talk about the massive backlogs of games that <laughs> the we have that we haven't played, yeah, the backlog episode exactly. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I,
1: I, I definitely look forward to it. And it's going to be um, probably uh, another one that I really enjoy just because of the setting in that one. And like you said, Obsidian, they've done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they worked on KOTOR 2. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a really great one as
0: well. So And Pillars of Eternity, they, which I'm playing currently, which is is an absolutely stellar, um, very old-school, isometric you know, computer RPG style game, but very, very much, you know, rooted in the storytelling role-playing aspect of role-playing games, really. Yeah, they got some chops in making games, so Mm -hmm. it's
1: great. I expect I'll enjoy that one, too. There's so many though. There's so many. But <laughs> if you guys who are listening actually want to uh, shout out to us what you're looking forward to, mm-hmm. that would be another thing. Uh, as long as you know, a- append it after the tirade of how we are mm-hmm. discussing things incorrectly. But <laughs> tell us, tell us what you're looking forward to because that's something I always like to talk to other people about is what their what their favorite games are and what they want to play. You know, it's it's a great conversation starter for a lot of people too. So yeah,
0: and one of the things that we really love is you know. Discovering those hidden gems that we miss sometimes. So if you guys have a, if you guys have a favorite or something that's really unique as far as role playing games, especially, but any game really, uh, let us know because we would love to we would love to dig into it and discover new things that we might have missed in the past. And it'll go right there with that backlog. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) It'll be on the list at one point.
1: No, there's there's a lot. I try and bump up the list just to try out. Well, I don't know, Jay. I think it's think been a, a pretty great one. How about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed this topic. It was great to dig into yeah. it a little bit. Definitely. Well, you guys, like we said, let us know what you want to hear from us. Uh, let, let us know what you think. Uh, just just reach out to us. You can reach out to us on our Twitter handle, at Tomball Library. You can also talk to us on Facebook, at Tomball Library, as well. Uh, and you can also go to our website and see what's going on, hcpl.net, and then go to the locations tab and look for the Tomball Library. You can see our events that are going on there, which have quite a few things coming on you may have heard it in the last episode we try and run some bumpers for things that we're doing so uh if you're interested you can participate in those too uh,
0: because we're all virtual right now all right that's going to do it for us this week um so thanks for joining us and we will see you guys uh, next time Calling all teens and young adults. Grow with Google has partnered with the Tombaugh Library to deliver a series of tech-based workshops on Tuesdays at 4.30pm for the month of November. Google's Applied Digital Skills workshops are designed to help young adults learn the practical digital skills needed for the jobs of today and tomorrow. Join us Tuesdays at 4.30pm. Registration is required. Please go to the Tombaugh events page on hcpl.net to register see the show notes for further information have you reached the end of your netflix queue all caught up on hulu and amazon prime then tune into screenshots a series from the tomball library where i recommend you great movies that you can watch for free with your library card tune into screenshots on our facebook page every second and fourth thursday of the month at 4 p.m see you then